Welcome to Crosstown Cardboard, a sports card podcast with two collectors from opposite sides of New York City. Craig and Carmine share sports card stories from the perspective of a teacher and broadcaster. This is Crosstown Cardboard. Welcome to Crosstown Cardboard, episode 26, with my great friend Craig at New York City Sports Cards, the public school teacher in New York City. He's a math teacher, a soccer coach, myself, Carmine, at Carmine's Cards, the news and sports broadcaster, which seems like shouldn't even really be mentioned based on the sports broadcaster we have today, my former co-worker at ESPN which is the least notable thing on his resume. 17 years at ESPN, Kevin Nagandi, Sports Center anchor, college football on ABC host, big Philly guy. Kevin, thank you for uh, taking a little time to join us here on Crosstown Cardboard. Carmine, Craig, thank you for having me. Uh, glad to chop it up with you guys. All right, so let's get into it. We only got about half an hour. Kevin, Craig and I did a little research. We know you went to national back when uh, the last time it was in Rosemont, Illinois. And you told the story about how you got back into the hobby, opening up some old stuff. Like a lot of us, same thing as me during the pandemic. You're bored. You rekindle the love for the hobby. So what were some of the cards you saw when you opened up some old boxes that made you remember, wow, I really love this stuff? So I had, uh, you know, when I really got into it, it was, you know, before your, your time, as well as Craig's, it was the late 80s. Um, so I, I had like two separate things. I had binders and binders of, you know, score, pro set, uh, you know, NBA hoops when they first came out. And the David Robinson card was was a big deal. And, you know, the pro set stuff. I love the score uh, with the green border, the Barry Sanders rookie year. So I put a few things to the side. Of course, the upper deck, Ken Griffey Jr. 89 card, where I thought, I'm going to stash this stuff. Barry Bonds as rookie. I'm going to stash all this stuff. And many years from now, I'm going to be rich. I think what any 14-year-old, 15-year-old dreams about, that's kind of what I had. So when I went through all that, you know, I had, I had basically sheets of, you know, my Bo Jackson collection, my favorite athlete of all time, sheets of Randall Cunningham, um, and uh, it was just great to go down memory lane, you know, especially with my young boys who I got into card collecting as well. Um, so it was it was cool to kind of tie everything together. And, the, and there's also another thing. There's a timeline that was kind of crossing together. My wife started bringing home packs uh, from, you know, Target and Walmart. So my boys who were now 10 and 8, but a few years ago, they're, you know, 6 and 4. They're opening packs. And they're pulling out Trey Young's and Luka Doncic's rookies. And I knew at the time, I was like, all right, let you guys can have these. Daddy's going to put these away. And so there were there were a couple of Lukas, you know, the um, the NBA hoops, all blue border that I was like, this is a, a unique one I'll put away. And, you know, my, my oldest didn't understand at the time. And I was like, trust me. And right around the pandemic, I pulled so, some of these out. And I was like, look at the value of what these cards are, specifically when Luca and Trey were blowing up. Uh, unaware of, um, you know, we were going to, through, uh, we we're going through a lot of, um, 
I would say the early 90s where basically they were overproducing the market. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think everybody's seeing that right now. We're going through another cycle in the last two years where the overproduction and look at the Luca prism, right? Like when you look at all the PSA 10s out there, it, it just makes me sad. Same thing with Zion. So all of that got tied in together. And then, you know, I went to a local card store. Uh, in Connecticut, love the guy who runs it, Ideal Cards, Alex. He was phenomenal yep. with my kids, phenomenal. And uh, he got them in it. And the next thing you know, I went on a spree for about five months, right around the peak of cards, because I think a lot of us had extra time. And a lot of us love the idea of uh, rekindling our childhood. And the next thing you know, I'm, I'm buying – I'm buying uh, mosaic and prism packs and all in the basketball craze right in the bubble. And, uh, and then I started like, you know, going back and adding to my collection of stuff that I grew up with, you know, uh, pursuing certain cards that I wanted. And also like going back into my love for, you know, NFL uh, rookies and, um, and then kind of saying, all right, I got to get the, the mainstays in baseball, like the Mike Trouts and the Mookies and, uh, you know, went after a few show haze. So it just continued to grow. Craig, I know you're going to ask a question here, probably related to the Philly fandom, as we see the Phillies and Eagles pennants in Kevin Nagandi's background here. But I wanted to show Kevin this uh, oh. flawless one of one, since he mentioned Bo Jackson, this uh, auto that I got, if you're watching on the YouTube, just and- uh, Carmine, you're you're just rubbing it in, and and he's wearing the 34 Raiders. Like like that to me is uh, one of the perfect uniforms uh, that has been ever been worn by an athlete. And to me, he's the greatest athlete of my time. So that 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 is a beautiful card. So you're lucky. And a one one. Yeah, let me know if you're ever selling it. All right, I love it. Future deals in the making here. But I, Kevin, it's fun to hear you just geeking out about cards you like, teams that you like. Can you kind of talk about how collecting with your kids has enhanced this experience and how that ties into your Philly fanhood? Because I asked a friend, I said, hey, we're getting the Gandhi on. What's the first thing that comes to mind? My friend said, Eagles fan. So <laughs> talk about how that impacts the cards you look for when you go to these shows. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a degenerate when it comes to Philadelphia sports, and I'm not shy about it. And, um So opening packs with the family, we made it a family thing. I've got also a six-year-old daughter, and my wife loves sports too. So whenever we get a box, everybody picks the number, which pack they want. You know, my my oldest loves the one and always asks for the fifth one. My second one always goes to the second. uh, So they, they have their own little nuances, and I then just sit there. Usually it would be me opening it. Now I don't open the packs. I usually am with my daughter, making sure she's opening it clean so there's no busted edges. And and then, you know, for us, it, it's just cool. We're looking for, of course, rookie cards, cards that they can identify with, and then players that they love. And um, they also share the same thing with me. We get a Bryce card. We get a Jalen Hurts card, Devontae Smith card. They're, they're losing it. The cool thing is um, we've gone to card shows – and they'll look for certain guys like a Tyrese Maxey. Um, my, my oldest, his biggest, uh, his biggest purchase was a pretty nice Tyrese Maxey obsidian, all black. 
uh, rookie card. And he was like, I, I want this card. And I was like, tell me why. Let's explain. Let's talk about the whole thing. <laughs> and the, the price point was was a little high. So he went and, and he started the negotiation with the, 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 the guy who was selling it. And, you know, then at one point I was like, listen, I'll go halfers with you. If you like this card, though, you got to put it in the right spot, understand the value. So it's a combination, Craig, where we are sharing a common theme. I think it's a memory, but we're also learning about value, your own dollars, spending it. Why is this important to you? What's this What's this going to have down the road? And we're not just in the business of flipping. Like, what, this is something that's part of your PC, right? And I think that's important because um, – we can get sucked into the idea of flipping, and as a result, you can get really burned, as we have seen over the last three years of people making big, big purchases and then getting just basically the music stops and you're caught with this. So you yep. better like the card. It better be part of your PC collection if you're going to make a big investment. Um, and so, yeah, you know, my, my, my boys will come home and they'll be like, I want this card, that card, this card. And I'm like, all right, so why, why do we want that card? What kind of trades are we going to do? You know? And I make sure that they understand that they have an attachment to the card with the identity of the card, the same way I had it when, you know, I was collecting the Ken Griffey Jr. card, you know, uh, growing up, I wanted to always get the Fleer 86 on Jordan. Um, so I didn't have the money. And um, back then, that would have been a, a phenomenal bargain of a deal if I would have got it for $100. So it's like understanding that. Now, the cool thing is this, too. You know, back in 89, I'll never forget that the score rookie, the score set was incredible. Um, of the, uh, the NFL set that came out, and they had Troy Aikman, Derek Thomas, Barry Sanders, Deion Sanders, you know, Broderick Thomas. There's five guys that were part of the draft. Uh, I basically, at the store at 14, I had like $4 in, a, in my pocket. I bought those five cards for a quarter apiece. And then, you know, I opened up, you know, I put them in plastics and stuff. 30 years ago, I opened it up during the pandemic. And I was like, oh, I'm going to send this to PSA. They all look pretty good. And two of them came back as nines. And so you sit there and you're like, I mean, I mean, nice. quarter investment in 1988, 89, or, you know, the year I did it, I forget now. Um, and I've come back and I can reap the rewards here, um, you know, 30 years later as somebody who, who loves it, who's a fan of the sport. Wow. So you let time do its thing. And that's why we always talk about, I always say, what do I want my collection to look like in 10, 15, 20 years from now? And your kids are just at the beginning stage of that. Yes. So that's super fun to help them build that foundation in their collection that hopefully they can look at down the road. Yeah. And that speaks exactly to Kevin. Cause Craig has his card club at his high school and uh, you know, people have modeled his same thing, you know, with the after school program and teaching the high school kids, the same lessons that you're teaching your kids. And it was funny, the connections that you were talking about with the 76ers uh, and you, you know, being from West Philly, Phoenixville, PA, Temple graduate, clearly a big Philly guy. I think you interned with the Phillies. How has the Philly fandom influenced what you collect now? Because we, we heard about the nostalgia piece during the pandemic, but what are you looking for now and what's the Philly influence on those cards? I, I love anything Joel Embiid uh, does, clearly, uh, with that uh, connection. The Jalen Hurts's, the Devontae Smith's. 
clearly you're going to go with quarterbacks. Um, and then whenever I get anything that's Philly related, I put it aside, no matter what, you know. Um, okay. So I, that's kind of how I look at it. You know, I I, <laughs> I wish Bryce Harper uh, was, a, you know, as a collector, I wish wish Bryce Harper was a Philly draft pick, right? Because you want you want to get the rookie card and has right. the Nationals on it. Now I have his rookie card, but you know uh, that that connection's always cool. Um, I'm gonna pull the uh, you know I'm gonna make sure that I'm gonna push the buttons and get a Mike Schmidt rookie. I haven't yet because it's like I I want to make sure I get the right one and I want to make sure it's at the right price point. Because Mike Schmidt's my guy uh, growing up as, uh, you know, I try to be Mike Schmidt growing up. So those are the connections that I have, you know, uh, and, and, and I, I think that that carries through. But also, you know, uh, to, to what you just brought up, Carmine, I, I think what Craig's also doing is it, it's great because we see, man, I see some hustlers that are 12 and 13 years old, especially <laughs> at the National and Backpacks, where they got 50 grand of, uh, you know, uh, of cards in their backpack and and they are wheeling and dealing like it's nothing and i think that is incredible because they are future entrepreneurs understanding business and i make sure you know i, I went to the national by myself a couple years ago is my ex first experience i was going to take my two boys to atlantic city uh last summer but my oldest was in a a uh, phenomenal baseball tournament. He made the, the state final four. So I was like, I can't, we can't go to the national. So I, I'd still like to go to the national this year with them so they can see, you know, many of these high school kids that Craig talks to and deals with so they can understand because listen, I'm, I'm still my, my, my boy's dad, but if they see kids that are relatable to them, they're going to be like, Oh, I want to, I went in on this. I want to understand more of this. I want to understand that it's, it's bigger than just, um, uh, you know, hey, I want just one card. Understand why they want one card. Why do you get to this point? And, and they're 10 and 8. So we're in the early stages of explaining that to them. Kevin, I love that you show up to these shows just as a regular collector. Because, I mean, that's what you are. You're just going with your boys, having a good time, collecting cards. I don't know if you ever had the conscious thought of how valuable it is for people like yourself. Let's just call it celebrities for argument's sake. To just be immersed into the scene, into the hobby, into the culture, and just walking around these shows with anyone else. Like I saw at the Philly show recently, there were a whole bunch of 76ers that were there. Can you just like talk about how valuable that is for the growth of this hobby to see athletes and TV personalities to be a part of this? It is pretty cool uh, to see athletes involved and understanding. Um, I also think it gives uh, credibility to, to uh, I think, a hobby – that that is trying to find its way and when i say that is like you guys are relatively young you're talking to high school kids who are relatively young getting into it but there was a segment that was just in the in the hobby and that was like an exclusive group that no one else was in and and i think by that point um sometimes you can kind of get group think and you can stay in one space and it's like i just you know, you're not expanding to, to diversity. We're seeing a lot more women in cards. We're seeing a lot more people of color in cards. I think that plays a huge role and opens the door for the market. Um, and to me, that, that just helps everything. Now, you know, you have that two-year window where cards explode and then a whole bunch of people dip in and then dip out. And then 
I think you abandon all the aspects of why you got into it in the first place. You know, you have too many flippers. And I think that that hurts the economy of the card space. So when you have some credibility, um, you have people that you could recognize that are in it. I, I think it helps enhance why you're in it. It, get, it brings more attention. It, bring, it opens the door to bringing more collect, future collectors. Um, and I think that plays a big role. I, I think NFTs really hurt the card space. You know, Top Shot comes and then a lot of the money goes to the NFTs. Then all of a sudden you lose that space. And I understand that there are, I, I'm still new to the space coming back in. So there are so many other phenomenal people in this business who have had success long-term that I understand it a lot more than me. And I just sometimes shut up and listen to them because they know that there are going to be highs and lows. We're going to have dips and valleys all the time. Um, but the, the true mainstays, I would love to see if we could build that even more that no matter where the market is high or low, we're going to still have consistent people coming into the market, not feeling like they're going to get burned. Right. And, and I think, I think fanatics plays a huge role in this. Uh, I think we, they've got smart people and I think they're going to do the right thing by collectors. At least I hope um, I've been pretty disappointed in some of the, some of the productions that Panini's put out. Sometimes you're like, Oh, what are we doing? I, I hope it's not just a money grab here because some of this stuff has been really, you question um, the overproduction, the mass production of some of the stuff that's out there. And I think there's still a joy of opening packs. And um, I want to make sure that's, that's still going on here for, for people that are coming into the business and coming into the hobby that they get still the thrill of opening packs no matter what. They want to come back and do more of it instead of feeling like they're getting burned. Yeah, that's a great point. And you were speaking about, Kevin, advancing the hobby, getting some, some positive exposure on it which is what you were doing not too long ago uh, with your podcast or your interview show with the founder of StockX, Josh Luber, where you guys were, as you put on your Instagram, chopping it up. You know, StockX is a place where you can buy, sell sneakers, clothing, electronics, and trading cards. And so I'm not asking for any intellectual property here, but what are some of the talks at ESPN about reigniting a show like that or getting hobby content into the mainstream on the worldwide leader? So I, I don't know what all those talks are. I can tell you, Carmine, I've pitched uh, a lot of uh, conversational ideas um, over the last three years in that space. It's just really hard to find a platform um, now you know ESPN plus they're they're looking for more programming and there's always space there potentially down the road it's just a matter of investment you know anything with your background also you know anything ESPN does they're going to make sure they do top shelf um production yeah. value so how much can they dedicate to that right now I can't speak to that I can tell you that um you know what we did was was a lot of fun and it was set up on a ESPN YouTube channel and we loved it. And, uh, you know, I still think that there's a, an opportunity for that down the road. Uh, also takes time. It, it takes the idea of finding it on a channel where it can maintain an audience consistently. We, I mean, our first time that we did it, we, the numbers were great and it's just finding a space that where we can have consistent numbers and also 
finding time, you know, ventured into a handful of other projects uh, since, uh, you know, his StockX experience. And then I, I've got a full schedule as well. It's just finding the time to do it and making sure we can, uh, if we cannot hold it to a certain standard that Josh and I have when it comes to value of studio production um, and consistency, we're not going to shortchange the viewer. And that means we're not going to just put out a podcast or a YouTube thing and then schedules get conflicted. And then it's like, we can't be consistent about it. Cause I just don't think that's fair to the audience. Um, but I'm always open. I'm always open to the idea if, if, if carving a niche and moving forward is there that uh, I'll stick my hand up. And if I'm considered, I, I'd gladly say yes. Well, Michael Rubin has been on record saying they're trying to grow this hobby 10x. So you got to assume with that there's going to be opportunities for additional content. And we're definitely uh, big Michael Rubin fans. And we think he's the right guy to lead this charge here. I am dying to know. So we all, we all watch you anchor ESPN. Obviously, there's a lot of conversations about highlights and athletes. Has there ever been a moment where you're speaking about an athlete or a team and the thought comes into your head like, huh, I wonder what this guy's prison silver's doing right now? <laughs> um, yeah. And by the way, I, to, to add to you, Michael is great. Michael Rubens, I think, uh, a visionary and he's, and he's great for the hobby. And I think, uh, I think just look at the growth of what Fanatics has done when it comes to merchandise and and Ruben's been behind that. So I think that that's phenomenal for us collectors to have fanatics tied into what they do and understanding the space. And when it comes to athletes and stuff, I, um, Mbappe, I did, I did a highlight a couple of years ago with Mbappe and I brought up, you know, his PSA 10 rookie card. And I think about it every now and then, you know, I'll look at my, you know, when we get a shot sheet, which has highlights and I see a player on there, I'll look up every now and then the card value at the moment, you know, Love whether it. it's card ladder, whether it's, you know, eBay, uh, you know, you're, you're, if you can kind of find a way to slide that in there where it's relevant, but not over the top, uh, I'll find a way to do it. It's just making sure it's, it's appropriate. You know, uh, now the cool thing is Craig, to your point about athletes, you know, opening up the college space as well. We're seeing more and more of that. And that's that's pretty cool if you could do a, you know, a, a college football highlight. Now you have the Bowman autos that are out, uh, especially for a player that's back in Caleb Williams, something with tops, you know, where you could talk about, you know, is that his rookie card, the USC card, right? So I think, I think you're going to see more and more of that stuff in the conversation piece, which I always think about if I can do a highlight. Love it. Love to hear that. I, I was hoping. I was hoping it crosses your mind while you're on the broadcast every once in a while. Isn't it popping like a PSA 10? Yeah, that, that's what I did. Yep, Carmine. Popping like a PSA 10, yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, there you so, go. Uh, I'll save that. And, uh, you know, if I get a highlight down the road in the next couple of weeks, I'll make sure I'll bring it up and think of you guys. I'm <laughs> All right. Well, Kevin, we only have about five minutes left with you here. So I wanted to talk about uh, – you know, you mentioned inclusion in the hobby, and I mean, you are clearly paving the way, you know, first Indian American to ever serve on a national sports network. Of course, that includes anchoring Sports Center. Craig is at a predominantly black and Hispanic high school teaching these kids, you know, in the card club. What are some ways that you think the hobby can be more inclusive to the non-status quo of the middle-aged white guy? I just think a card show is exposure, right? Like, I think that helps. Um, 
I, I think you guys, I've seen a handful of, you know, podcasts where, you know, women are empowered and showcase for what they do. Um, I think more of that plays a role in this. I, I've run into many people uh, who are minorities that, that collect and it's just, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think there's a, there's a point where it's just like, Oh, things are, 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 are not fair for minorities in this space. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's just basically when you're at a card show, when you see somebody of color hosting a table, to me, that's great. That, that opens up the space. When you see young kids of color uh, or girls who are walking around, I think that's that they should be celebrated and they should, to me, encourage that we need more of that. Because I just think it expands things outside of um, something that we're used to. And it's okay to be uncomfortable to understand that it's not really that they don't want to collect. It's just they haven't been exposed to the idea of collecting, right? And if you could just have more exposure of that, whether it's more on, you know, having guests, you know, in the, the podcast space of people of my background or, you know, more females. And I'm not saying you specifically have not done that. I'm just saying anybody that does that when it comes to a medium, I think that's how you can enhance the conversation, you know, because in reality, we all share the common theme. We love the space. We love collecting. We, we get the same thrill and the same excitement. And if we could just pass that on to the next generation, I think you're just opening doors to more collectors, which I think will benefit for everybody. Because I think the more collectors you have, the more opportunities you have for trading, understanding other people, why they collect what they collect, what's important to them. Um, I think all that stuff plays a big role. I, you know, and, and, and if somebody's at home saying, well, you know, well, what can we do? How can we understand that? I, 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 I'm not saying I have a solution. I'm just saying encourage uh, people that may not look like you to get in the space. Encouraging people when you see them at shows. Uh, I, I think, I think there, there are a handful of ways, you know, follow, like there's a handful of uh, phenomenal uh, Instagram accounts follow people that may not look like you to to kind of gain an idea of what they're into and why they're collecting. I, I think you'll find out you'll have a lot more in common with them, um, with somebody that doesn't look like you that's in the card space than you would, uh, you know, assuming you would not, you know, because there's still that same passion no matter what, you know. Um, I, and the only comparison I, I can I can make here is. We all have different tastes, right? Somebody that can look like me, who's Indian American, can can come, show up at a card show and say, I just want WWE cards. That's not my space. Even though they look like me, we just don't, we have a different, you know, flavor. Carmine, you and I don't look like each other. Craig, you and I don't look like each other, but we can still have the same common interests in a certain sport. I think that we got to get over the idea that, hey, uh, Somebody doesn't look like me, they won't have the same common things that I like. And I think you'd be really surprised that there are so many people that don't look like us and they have same, the same common interests in collecting in the hobby. And you could expand yourself by being open-minded about the process. Yeah, I'm so happy you said that, Kevin, because before we wrap it up, I, I wanted to talk about, of course, you know, we all 
have a career in sports. I mean, I'm in sports broadcasting. You're obviously in sports broadcasting. Craig is in soccer coaching. And just the equal playing field that it puts everybody on, you know, regardless of race, religion, background, you know, is one of the great things about sports cards and sports, you know, just in general. I wanted to talk about when I worked at ESPN real quick before we head out, a moment of how you were so inclusive being in, you know, the well-known position that you were as an anchor treating us production assistants. You know, I remember distinctly when you invited us over to the same house you're sitting in there for a Philadelphia Eagles game, not only did you invite the adult (laughs) members of the show staff, but you invited us kids, you know, straight out of school. And me and my buddy are driving over. We're like, we're going to Kevin Nagandi's house to watch a football game. You know, this is pretty cool. And uh, that was that was in December 2017. Carson Wentz tore his ACL in that game against the Rams. But I think you guys were all right because you ended up winning the Super Bowl 2018 with Nick Foles on that magical run. So I just wanted to thank you for being so welcoming at that time, you know, inviting us little fish over to your house. And then, you know, in like the lunch line, asking us where we're from, how's it going? And just to your point about the inclusion in the hobby, your inclusion to us at ESPN meant so much. So I'd imagine it would mean the same to somebody in the sports card collecting space. Uh, first off, Carmine, uh, good memory. Uh, and, and I will say this, uh, anybody that is in a position of uh, management, or like you, you describe the adults in the room, right? We've all been in the situation that that many of the 20-year-old PAs are in at ESPN. We've all been there. And I was very lucky when I was, you know, 19, 20, 21. And I did, I did five internships in college. And I just basically went into rooms with adults not knowing what was going on. And many adults, I was very lucky, pulled me to the side and told me, hey, this is what I think you should do. This is why you should do it. I asked questions constantly. They were all great for me. And one specific mentor of mine who passed away, the late, great Gary Papa at the uh, ABC affiliate in uh, in Philadelphia, he, he was a legend there. And he didn't have to take the time out with me, you know. And he was just like, when you get to this position, you've got to pass it on. That's all I want. And it, it really stuck with me because I wouldn't have been in that position without his help. And now I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in without your help. When you were a production assistant, you guys make us look good. You guys are the ones that are grinding every day, doing stuff behind the scenes, making sure. And when I describe what we do on TV, the best way I can describe it to anybody that you know comes in on a tour or friends of mine or family who, who want to understand, I'm like, listen, we're on the air. We are known as the quarterbacks. And what happens when you watch TV? The quarterbacks get criticized a lot more than they deserve, praised a lot more than they deserve. But behind the scenes, if I don't have the line blocking, if I don't have the receivers running the right routes, if I don't have the running back doing what he's supposed to do, if I don't have the right play call, well, I look like a fool. Same thing with TV. If I don't have the production assistants helping and cutting the tape and making sure it's the right way, and the shot sheet's done and all the stuff that they grind 10 hours a day to make us look good. If I don't have the right producer 
you know, putting together a good rundown, if I don't have the right camera people, if I don't have the right segment producers and the right analysts, we're not putting together a good show. The same way we're not putting together a good game plan as a quarterback, right? So I think all, all of that stuff together for people to understand how TV works. You see somebody on TV and you think, oh, this is easy. Now, there are so many other people <laughs> behind the scenes that make us look good that are doing so much more than you understand. And you were one of them. And I also know that many of you guys like are coming from all parts of the country and you're living in this small town in Bristol, Connecticut, trying to find your way. And um, it's important, especially that was right around the holidays that you guys are coming to somebody's house and you can have some food. You're not wasting, you know, I think a day where you're like, what am I going to do today? It, it's a chance to just say, listen, you're part of our extended family. And um, I, I'm honored that you guys can uh, come to our house and experience that. We do that every year with a Christmas party. It's really important to us. And uh, we believe in it, me and my wife, because we're fully aware of what people do. And and, and that draws into this conversation. What, what Craig's doing with, with the, the high school kids, he's believing in them. And he's understanding that when they get older, he's changing their lives right now. When they get older, they're going to look back and be like, that was really cool of, you know, the teacher that we had, you know, treated us uh, like we, we should be treated. And so I'm grateful for, for what you did, Carmine. I just ask that, you know, the stops that you are in this business, that you understand and help about the next generation that comes up, because that's the least that we can do in this, this very tough field. Yeah, no, very well said, Kevin. That meant a lot to me. And I know the time that you spent here with us on Crosstown Cardboard, you know, five years later also meant a lot to me and Craig. And it sounds like Craig might ha be having a, a class coming in. I know you have to get going, Kevin. So I'll give Craig the last word to uh, yeah. close us out here for just an awesome time spent talking. You know, I love what you said about always giving back to those who are coming up and cars and the hobbies, the same thing, right? So if you're an adult at a show and you see the kids, I think it's valuable. Take the time. Teach these newcomers a little thing or two. And we're, we're very big on this podcast about education, teaching the next generation. So I love that you said that. But we are so grateful for the time. Thank you for being a positive member of this space. We are going to continue to watch you do your thing on ESPN. And hopefully we run into you in Chicago this year at the National. That'd be great. Yeah. And if so, that, that'd be fantastic if we can uh, – get the chance to hang out a little bit and talk about i'd love to see what you guys collect what's part of your pcs and um and to me like craig you brought up one thing too and this this is also applicable at the card show as well as local card shows when i took my two sons to uh, a local one we had a, a bunch of stuff laid out and there were so many adults that went up to my kids asking about the cards creating conversation buying cards that they didn't even really want but they were making sure the kids were involved. Like as Love adults, that. we should be mindful of that when we're at card shows, because I think, I think it changes the kids approach moving forward. Be supportive because you're bringing in, I think lifetime collectors by those relationships. Wow. Clip that. That was well said. hundred percent. We got some great stuff here, Kevin. And again, really appreciate the time and uh, definitely talk to you soon about some advice in the real career along with the podcast but thanks so much for for spending some time with us here thanks kevin really you got it carmine it. thank you so much craig thank you for what you're doing with the kids man take care absolutely yeah we'll talk soon